0: Welcome to None of My Friends Like Comics. This is a podcast where a comic book enthusiast talks to a newcomer about a piece of work in the medium, and we break it down to see if my friend, the first-time reader, will pull it or drop it. I'm your host, Nick Poffenbarger, and my co-host here today is my good friend, Chris Ashlock. How's it going, man? It's going. Good, good, good. I'm excited to get you on here today.
1: Cool. Cool. <laughs> excited the, to be here. Yeah, no. I'm a, As I everyone mean, says, yeah, you know. I mean, you you and I. No, always... no, no. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
0: That's <laughs> we'll run through the whole the whole gambit of uh, of of thank yous and um, uh, and glad to be here Yeah, but but yeah, no. I'm, uh, I I am uh, I'm very uh excited to have you on. I mean, like uh I feel like you and I always have uh really interesting conversations when it comes to like comics and like stories in general. I think in like different medium we talk about movies a lot and stuff like that and uh, um, you always make me feel uh, uh, more intellectual than I actually am so that that makes me feel
1: good oh really yeah (laughs) (laughs) thanks yeah yeah no no i didn't know i had is that my superpower making other people feel smarter i was like
0: oh he's elevated my conversation (laughs) like yeah no that's just i I feel like i'm really talking
1: to somebody maybe that's why i feel dumber after i talk to people (laughs) they've taken they've taken my smarts or just a realm of fucking idiots (laughs) but so um
0: you know, with it uh, with it being your first time on the show, um, uh, we have we have a tradition with this uh, podcast, at least, where um, if it's your first time appearing, uh, I kind of like to have the the guest slash like first time reader of whatever we're talking about uh, to kind of go over their history with comic books and just like their their general journey with them before we get to the topic at hand. Uh, obviously, I know, mm. <laughs> but um, but uh, just for the listeners and whatnot, uh, what's what's your uh, kind of relationship with comics and you know graphic storytelling? I guess in general.
1: Okay. Um. Well, I think like a lot of people our age who grew up who were kids in the the early nineties. My first exposure to comics, specifically superhero comics, was like Batman: The Animated Series, X Men, Spider Man, all that good stuff that was on TV. Which, you know, in turn, just kind of turned me on to the world of comics because they're adapted from comics. Um, I vaguely recall the local grocery store being the only thing we really had that was anything close to a comic shop Where I grew up there was there was nothing like that it's still a, the town was still developing at that point. So if you wanted to comics, you had to ride your bike to the grocery store and that's where I bought issues of X-Men and uh, uh, yeah, from there it kind of just developed. I think I started getting into graphic novels after that, got into like the classic X-Men stuff, uh, like the old school Stanley x-men yeah Uh,
0: stanley jack kirby stuff from like the the silver age x-men stuff
1: yeah Yeah. um and then after that i think my interest kind of leaned started to lean more towards like i don't know manga comics you know from because i was also an anime so got into manga from there sure (laughs) and then really it all just kind of Came back around when I was maybe in my early 20s when I got into D.C., like D.C. proper, not just Batman, but got turned on to stuff like Green Arrow. And I love Green Arrow. Uh, Probably the big the thing that kind of smashed open the gates was Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. I kind of consider that my my Bible. That's like where all the lore comes from. (laughs) I love post-crisis, pre-Flashpoint, D.C. That's kind of my. Love that stuff.
0: Now, when you when you jumped in, was that when uh, the new 52 had just kicked in before the new right before? Like it was
1: kind of in the heyday of sort of Jeff Johns revitalizing all of these legacy characters. Yeah, It it was around the time when he had kind of come in and gone. Hey, I grew up with this stuff. I want to show everyone what is so great about all these classic characters. And that was for me, that was perfect because it turned me on to all of these you know classic characters and then in turn just the way that he wrote things and the way the dc universe is kind of connected then turned me on all the other you know the wider pantheon of dc characters so very
0: nice yeah and i think that's uh where you and i have stood at least um in terms of like jumping into comics because uh i feel like we're both uh pretty <clears throat> equally um passionate about the stuff that we like yeah but we like um not polar opposite stuff. We we meet a lot. We meet at a lot of points, but um, uh, I've definitely been a lot more of a uh, Marvel guy than a, sure. than a DC guy. And uh, you've always been my DC reference. Yeah, and guy. that's not. <laughs> and it's
1: not to say that I don't like Marvel. I, yeah. I
0: and I and same thing with me and DC. I mean, yeah. like I mean, shit. We've done we've done more DC books on this podcast as of right now than Marvel books. So <laughs> that's how it should
1: be. <laughs> Respect your elders. <laughs> yeah. No. There's there's good stuff everywhere. Uh, I don't, does the, does the whole picking sides thing still exist anymore? I mean, no, I think it's, it's
0: more, um, to me it's, it was never about like a, uh, one is better than the other. It was more just like, it's really hard to invest like time into like one of them more than the other. A lot of the time without like, you know, breaking your fucking wallet and like, and like, I, I think it just so happened that like, I was more interested in a lot of the, monthly titles going on with Marvel mm. and like and um you know we talked about um not too long ago actually it probably would have been a good conversation for this we'll probably touch upon it here uh, at some point but um we were talking about like uh you know what like DC represent like you asked me like you were like what, what do you think of when you when you think of just like DC mm-hmm. you know like and um and we kind of talked about like what Marvel means and whatnot like in our eyes and and uh I think the Marvel stuff just the the general approach to the characters and the stories just appealed to me a bit more. Sure. Um, and, and in turn, you know, I, I deep dove into that so hard that like, I can't get out, you know? So, yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, (laughs) they, they definitely, they offer different things. Yeah. They're they're different takes on, you know, the, the superhero.
0: They do. As much as people like to lump them together and point out how there are so many like, quote unquote, you know, Rip off characters from each side like you that's know so it's, that's <laughs> so fun though to look at it is fun it is fun and 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 you know some of them some of them are true you know i mean like but it's oh, uh yeah. but i mean it's uh it's one of those things where it, you can't deny the difference when you're reading it doesn't even matter about like you could be the same creative team even from like marvel to dc like same writer same artist whatever it's, oh, it's yeah. just a different feel
1: well into the ideals
0: are different i guess
1: yeah well so many of these characters too were looking back uh we're looking, we're looking at these characters that are getting up there in age. Yeah. So at this point, who's really going to be mad that DC brought out their own version of Wolverine? Yeah. Called, called Timberwolf. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> who it's would just, care? <laughs> I don't know. I I think it's interesting and funny and fascinating, and I'm I'm happier that we have it than we don't have it.
0: I would agree with that. I I think that you know, if you don't like it, then you know, don't pay attention to it. But if you're interested, it's there.
1: You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so but yeah. Book. I guess I like the movies too. There are, there are a lot of them now. Oh, yeah. Comic book movies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I'd say in general, I some like
1: of them, them. Some are pretty good.
0: Some are pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump into some background information on the book uh, we're talking about today, which is Green Lantern Earth One, Volume One. If you don't know, Green Lantern is a superhero in the DC universe. Uh, the moniker of Green Lantern has existed in some form or another since uh, like the 1940s. The most well-known one, I would argue, being Hal Jordan, uh, who came in as the second iteration of the character during the Silver Age comics. Uh, Green Lantern uses a ring that gives powers based upon the wearer's willpower. It's commonly depicted in a way where the wearer of the ring has to be like, you know, chosen or worthy to use it. The user, I mean, just in general, like a You know, they can fly, uh, they're usually super strong, and uh, most uniquely, the ring allows the wearer to create constructs that can be used in battle or for, like, various other things and stuff. Uh, You know, fun character. Cool, cool idea. This particular story that we're talking about was released in March of 2018 and is written by Corinna Bechko and Gabriel Hardman, with art by Hardman as well. Uh, The colors are by Jordan Boyd and letters by Simon Boland. Bechko and Hardman are a duo who commonly work in tandem together. They're known especially for an image comics book that they do called the uh, invisible Republic. Um, it's one that I've been meaning to read for a while, but I, I just haven't gotten around to it. And it's a, uh, it's self promoted as breaking bad meets blade runner, <laughs> which is uh, which is interesting. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'd want to check it out. You know, it's like I said, it's been on my list forever. I just haven't gotten to it. Um, so in typical earth one fashion, um, So what that means basically is uh, this is a standalone graphic novel. That's main goal is basically to reinvent and reimagine a classic DC hero through a modern or just a non-typical lens, I guess, is the best way to describe that. Um, This particular story... Tells the reimagined origin of Hal Jordan, famed Green Lantern of the DC universe. It takes the familiar and changes stuff up, adding a bit more of a bleak uh, kind of sci-fi angle to the old Emerald Hero. Is probably the best way I describe it, with no spoilers. Um, so, I'll get into like what what your expectations are here, but like uh, or what your expectations were before we read this book. But um, my first exposure on this one is pretty simple. Uh, I've I've generally been a fan of the Earth One like series mm. as these graphic novels have come out. Um, uh, like I was saying, um, they're basically reinventions of DC characters kind of recontextualized for like a, a modern audience, I guess is the best way to describe it. Um, they usually get like really awesome creative teams, you know, together to just like kind of do this cool, like standalone stories. And and a lot of them have gotten sequels and, uh, you know, in their own, but um, it's one of those things where they've there's never been like any crossover or anything. It's like, it's like just
1: focused on that character, which I think is kind of fun just to you know have those kind of stories right so i I was asking you this the other day they're called or i guess you clarified to me when we were talking the other day they're called earth one but that (laughs) does not necessarily mean they take place on earth one (laughs) yes no it's more that the series is called earth one the concept I i forget
0: what earth designation like when grant morrison did multiversity he actually mapped this out to where the earth one universe of course he did yes it's it's not earth one you know mm. <laughs> like it's a it's some other number you know or whatever but um i mean reg- yeah so confusing uh, aside i mean i mean let's be honest the whole reason it's called earth one is because people will see that on the shelf who are inexperienced or don't know what that is and be like one it means it's the start i'll buy this sure. you know like it's a which you know is fair enough it yeah. it is a self-contained story it's it's not wrong to by that, especially, I think that these are actually really helpful for people trying to get into DC, at least, even if they are different interpretations. It's like, oh, you want to read a
1: standalone Superman story? Here's a modern one for you. Sure. You know, whatever. I, I got to ask, too. I noticed when I was reading through old volume one here, there were no breaks where there usually are to to uh, sort of signify that the issue is over. Oh, uh, yeah. So are all of these written as? mm mm-hmm
0: okay standalone graphic novels they are not released in issues they're released just like that that's cool yeah i think that that's really cool the only downside to it is the fact that it takes a long time for them to come out <laughs> it's like sure. you know so i mean it's a it's a bit of a, a weight game i mean like i think i was telling you about how batman earth one volume three was almost like six years between volume oh, wow. two and three i mean that's jeff johns and gary frank though so they always take their time yeah. with stuff but like um yeah like i mean there it's just really inconsistent release schedule, which is fine because I, I like getting like the whole product in one. But you know, it's a, uh, it's it's just one of those things that's a uh, kind of a double edged sword. There, you
1: know. <laughs> I guess thinking about it from a comic book writer's perspective, uh, these days, would you say pretty much everything is is uh, written in arcs? You know, six issue arcs. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, like I think a lot of the time, um, at least in like the big two, and even with uh, indie comics like image like mm. um when they have people submit their proposals for a story it is like in an arc form like you know like it's like okay how many issues is this going to be
1: and like you know what's the plan for it the overarching story and right. all that stuff you know so so then from a, a comic book writer's perspective you don't have to worry about how to close out the issue or how to break it up you can just write your story all the way
0: through. Which, yeah which which adds an element of like you know stuff we don't see in like monthly comics, I guess, like to these like giant characters, yeah. you know? So that's, that's, that in itself is kind of special with these books. Um, uh, I remember, um, not, I don't remember when these came out cause these were coming out like, you know, a little bit before I really jumped into comics or knew what was going on. But, um, I remember it being described to me as like DC's effort to do like Marvel, like copy Marvel's ultimate line. And that's just like, so face value, not true. <laughs> Like, it's just like, I can understand it if you'd be like, oh, it's a modern interpretation maybe, but Mm. like beyond that, there's like, this is like a whole different thing. Yeah. I didn't see any black leather.
1: Yeah. There's,
0: there's no like, you know, like, like I was just saying before, there's no interconnectivity. All of these are standalone, like, you know, and, and it's just, it's just not the same thing. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's an easy way to say like, oh, it's DC's ultimate, you know, whatever. But it's yeah i don't know that's just not the case really um but yeah um, i will say too about this book um with my uh you know kind of first exposure to it um i was aware of it when it was announced and got it like when it came out but this is the first earth one book i did not know the creative team at all like no. beforehand um all the other ones are like
1: huge names you know I mean, all these people though nick how is that possible i didn't know who they were okay. I, I, didn't,
0: I didn't know who they were
1: is this and their like, is this maybe one of their first works with dc on, uh
0: with dc mm, i should have looked that up but i i think it probably is yeah, um like
1: maybe they weren't as known prior to this
0: and yeah that that book i was telling you about invisible republic earlier was like a, a pretty blade runner a pretty like you know good indie hit uh uh-huh. I think I remember seeing like seeing it on some lists and stuff, but I didn't recognize their names when they announced this for like you know the next Earth One book, and I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. And then there was like some art sample, and I was like, that's different than like the typical artists that they go after for these. And like, uh, I mean, granted, like all the artists are pretty different, but they're usually like you know, um, you know, big big, big names, you know, <laughs> like Shane, I, Shane Davis and Gary Frank and all them, and like you know,
1: just just people who have that big epic kind of style. I will say this then because I've I've read the Batman Earth One stuff. Yeah. I haven't read Superman or Wonder Woman, but what you what you kind of told me about the the trinity at least is that they're more or less faithful to kind of how they're usually depicted, right? I mean, it's like elements of it. Yeah. Elements of it. I okay. mean like um like you know, we, I th- I think
0: I have a good kind of thing to talk about. Um, uh, but we'll do that more in the overall thoughts. Cause I want to compare those a little right. bit to this book. Okay. Um, uh, or just, um, in general how's depiction,
1: right. Comparative to those. Yeah. Well, I, I guess um, what I was getting at is that maybe going after these guys, they did knowing or hoping they would get even more of a, uh, a different take.
0: Yeah. I which mean, I think it, they did. Yeah. I, I think they did too. Um, uh, you know, and, um, yeah, I, I I think that the, me not knowing who the creative team was actually kind of added to the mystique a little bit yeah. on this one for me, because I really didn't know what to expect. Right. You know, I mean, like, uh, all I knew was that it was Hal Jordan and the art samples were really cool. I got it when it came out. And, you know, yeah, the rest is history pretty sure. much. Um, But yeah, how about you? Like like we were just talking about, I know you're familiar with some of the Earth One books, but like, um, did you have any particular expectations on this one or had you heard anything really about it? Okay.
1: So I went into this because you're a big Green Lantern fan. We should say that, too. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) this this is kind of full disclosure for everyone listening here. I went into this with no expectations. I essentially went into it going, I have an open mind. I've been told that this is a different take and I'm I'm open to whatever. Yeah. You know, I try to go into most things like that that I'm unfamiliar with these days. But I found it very hard after I don't know. Maybe reading the first 10, 20 pages or so, I I really found it hard to not compare it to everything I know and love about. <laughs> well, Hunter. I you know
0: I think that there's a there's a there's an element of that though in these Earth One books that if you know these characters, they're expecting you to to do that because they deliberately will take a left when they should take a right sometimes you know and and it's sometimes it's more extreme sometimes it's like little things and i feel like this one is a bit more subtle in its approach um (laughs) to the changes um i mean we'll get into it as we go the story but you know it's uh, um yeah though i i think that they're expecting that okay and 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 that to me is kind of part of the appeal like if this was the first like you know if superman earth one was the first superman book i ever read i'd probably have a a really weird opinion on Superman. You know? like same with
1: same with Green Lantern.
0: Yeah, here, yeah. So and Batman too. Like I mean, like he's kind of a dummy in Earth One, you know. But
1: like <laughs> it's like, but but you know. It, slight side tangent. I do really like Alfred in Earth One. Oh yeah, no, he's great. That's kind of a better. He's like, a, he's like an old vet, and like yeah, he, he's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> he's pretty cool. He's not necessarily the butler. He's just. It's kind of that. That is a good way to sort of modernize the concept of. Like, yeah, I guess rich, rich people do have butlers, but I mean, what did this guy just make some tea? He really hates being a butler too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> Which I enjoy. Oh, but yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. I'd say let's just, uh, let's just hop on into the story portion of the show here and, uh, start, start talking about this stuff. Um, uh, this is where we go through the story in full detail to give context for our discussion. Uh, we'll talk about thoughts and, uh, feelings as we go along. Uh, that includes full spoilers. So you've been warned um you got a sound effect spoilers spoilers. yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think i'll make that joke we make that joke like almost every podcast oh really it's like yeah it's like and the killer be killed episode the first one like (laughs) me and max were talking about doing like just shock jockey bullshit just Like just people people don't like them spoilers that's true they don't see well and i want to be fair you know but oh yeah 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 but yeah like uh some of them are kind of funny though. I mean, most of the books I think we've done ha- have been more modern. Yeah. So like maybe they haven't read it, but like some of these books I'm like, I'm like that we're going to do in the near future, you know, I'm like, this is like 40 years old. Like, come on.
1: Sure. <laughs> yeah. Know? And, but, and um, too, with those older books, I mean, parts of their, their mythology been around so long. It's like, you got to know. Yeah. Like you, you, it's just in the
0: cultural zeitgeist. But yeah. So, um, this story starts off in space. Who would have thought with it being a green lantern book? But, you know, anyway, uh, we see this like big spacecraft floating around an asteroid and we are told that, uh, the craft is a mining ship. Um, the commander captain, uh, uh, captain Seaton, excuse me, is communicating with her crew members who are looking to find ore deposits on the asteroid below. Uh, so it's just, you know, space miners basically, you know, so th- it's, it's immediately established that this is in like some kind of near future, Sure, you know, um, there are, uh, a few crew members on the surface, notably one named Hal- Harold Jordan. Harold, Excuse me, the Harold, Harold Jordan. Jordan. Yes. <laughs> and one by the name of Volkov. They're kind of the two important
1: ones. So Okay. I real that. quick. Yes. Do you remember a film from, I think, the early 2000s called Titan AE? Yes. They animated, like
0: 3D animated? Yeah. yeah. Did, I saw that in
1: theaters. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> But the reason I bring it up... This This is kind of aesthetically like Titan A.E. Okay, (laughs) so this opening segment where he's mining, I got flashbacks to that film that I haven't seen for 20 years. I
0: don't remember really anything about it other than like what their suits looked like and stuff. Yeah. Like, so... I don't know but do you just saying that now I'm like this is aesthetically kind yes, of like that. <laughs> yes.
1: So the aesthetics and just the idea of him being like a miner on this outpost is basically the the opening bit of uh, Titan AE. That's interesting. After that they're they're quite different. It, well, yeah, I'd figure, but that is, that is interesting. Am though. I implying that <laughs> Ga- Gabriel Hardman ripped off Titan AE? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you decide. <laughs> yeah, so uh
0: Commander Seaton uh, tells them all that uh, Carol Ferris, who's the director uh, of the company they work for, called Ferris Galactic, not Ferris Aircraft. In this, it's um, moving on up, yes, um, has just uh, reached out to them personally to tell them that another crew just struck big and uh, like found something on like another asteroid. So they're all like depressed because this means that uh, you know they'll be called back and they won't get bonus pay. Seaton um, tells them that the, they aren't canceled just yet and they can keep looking for a while you know, until they get the official word. Um, so we get introduced to Hal um, as he is off on, like, his own uh, searching for anything of value, you know. He's very begrudgingly, like, just, like, thinking to himself and talks about how uh, he won't go back to Earth and, you know, showing there's some some bad history there that we don't necessarily know yet, but it's, like, he's he's very jaded with, like, you know, being on Earth and, uh, it, you know, he's in space and he's mining, but this is, like, the equivalent of, like, a mundane job, you know,
1: <laughs> in this Yeah, feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of presented as... Blue collar ish. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we're in space, it's like, eh, it's like, this is just where the jobs went. Damn. They canceled my contract. Now I got to find work on Monday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, in fact,
0: uh, he ends up talking uh, with Volkov and uh, we find out that Jordan um, hasn't been back to earth in like eight years. Like he's Mm -hmm. just been on jobs basically since then. And uh, we get the reveal that uh, he used to be in NASA, which isn't a thing anymore in this future. Um, and they kind of talk it's back, kind of the thing right now too. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they kind of talk back and forth about how, um, everything is corporate and like the space travel world. And, uh,
1: you know, it's, it's no longer, S- sorry. When was uh, this published? To 2018, 2018. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're. They're barely off from, I mean, just where we're at or headed right now. True. Yeah. Very near future. That's true. And like, basically they're like, oh, space
0: travel. And like, you know, just like, it's no longer exploration driven or knowledge seeking. Uh, There's no like noble projects like NASA was, you know, a big proponent of, and uh, it's just mining and making profits, you know? And uh, it's during their conversation that Hal seems to find something, but it's not an ore deposit. It appears to be an old alien spacecraft and uh after clearing some of the debris off of it he calls volkov over and uh to come see it and they both end up going inside uh despite volkov being like uh we we can't like just go in this thing <laughs> like we have to report this mm-hmm. but hal's like fuck it like let's just fucking yeah. go inside and um they come across like this super tall looking robot style body that appears to ha- it's it's cool too because it like it looks like it has like a skull <laughs> underneath its helmet like the teeth Like there's like these weird, it it looks like a skull type thing. I I thought it was supposed to be like a dead body at first, but we obviously find out what it is later, but they aren't like put off because of like Jordan's estimate. He's like, he's like, Oh, it's been here for a long time. Right. Like, and he's like, he's like, it's, it's, it's not doing anything. And, um, they make their way to another part of the ship where they notice a glowing green light and come across a lantern and it's glowing, you know, as I said, green and Volkov notes that, uh, he's like, this thing's still has energy it's like a battery you know or whatever and uh it's here that hal notices a nearby body <laughs> and it's <laughs> lying dead and partially decayed um it appears to be an alien and has a ring on its finger that matches the lantern you know so it's the green lantern ring uh seton comes on the comms and tells them that uh they've now been officially canceled like they got to go or whatever to which Hal responds by telling her that they found something they believe to be uh extra is what he calls it and more valuable yeah. of a discovery than any ore deposit, and uh, as he ex- as he's explaining, Volkov uh, sneakily like swipes the ring and the lantern into his backpack. And uh, you know, at the moment though, like the ship tilts and uh, begins to fall off of like the cliff that they was like you know perched on. And uh, Hal and Volkov like barely escape in time. And Hal tells Seton that uh, he will tell her like the details on their way back to the transport ship to get to like you know the the orbiting space station. And, um, we cut forward and we see Hal and Volkov like heading to the main orbiting ship on the transport and Seton's communicating. She basically, we just skipped that conversation basically. And she's like, she's like, I'm sorry that we won't be the ones to, you know, like investigate this. That's a cool find or whatever. And Hal's just like, oh, whatever, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, uh, Hal's like piloting the shuttle back, um, to the ship and we see Volkov, he's like in another room or I can't tell if it's like another room or if it's just like you know, another part of the the cockpit or something, but uh, right. uh, he he puts the the ring on and uh, he points it at the lantern and it causes a huge like explosion of energy. Like he just, it's like he just used a weapon he has no idea how to use. So sure. so um, it rips through like the side of the shuttle and Hal manages to like grab uh, Volkov's hand before he's sucked out into space. But you know, Hal loses his grip though and the ring slips like into his hand so he's just holding the ring like in his palm and volkov's body just like flies out and uh you know the crew on the main ship like just look on in horror and they see like the transport just floating there with a giant hole in the side and volkov's body like hits their window it's like super dark then the ship just straight up explodes from within and uh there's like a giant green flash of light revealing hal is somehow still alive (laughs) he's holding the ring and it's like still in his palm and there's a green aura surrounding him. So they're just like, what the fuck is going on, you know? And uh, the next page is like this great set of panels where we see like it, there's no dialogue or anything. And it just it's just we just see a big robot from the ship before activating and its eyes start to glow red. And it's like a close up on its face. And then we, we cut back. Um, and uh, as the crew like is uh, watching, Hal realizes like he can breathe like with this energy around him. Like, and he can't talk, obviously, but he's like, you know, oh, weird. You know, like, and he's still alive. And, uh, he like attempts to like thrust himself forward, like, you know, just off the debris. And, uh, he like goes towards the main ship and, uh, like jumps off the remains of the transport and, uh, he loses grasp of the ring for like a second. And like, you know, you think he's going to die. The energy like dissipates around him and, uh, he manages to get like just close enough and the ring slips on his finger and and it gives him the classic glowing like green lantern logo like on his chest enabling him to manipulate the power enough to kind of fly around and stuff basically yeah. he like approaches the main ship and one of the crew members is basically like oh qu- quick like let him in you know he's he's before he almost dies again and captain seaton is actually smart and an astronaut so she's like, so she's like, uh, no, uh, he might be infected with something, right? Or, or that energy could destroy our yeah, vessel we too. We don't know
1: what that is. Yeah,
0: and, and uh, they even communicate this to Hal via like writing on like a tablet. They're like, yeah. they're like, they're like, yeah, they're, like, good. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, they're like, sorry, like impossible infection or whatever.
1: Like we're our thoughts are with you. Or that whatever. part was weirdly funny because they show it to him and they're... <laughs> He's just like, yeah, I mean, I mean, he gets I, it like get he, it. he's he's like, oh, shit. The, yeah, I mean, I would do the same thing. But the you way know? it's depicted is so matter of fact. And by by all rights, they should be freaking out that their their comrade is. I mean, yeah, I, he's I, floating I, in space. and He's got a weird green thing when he's OK, but he's out there, but they can't let him in. And it's just like. I'm sorry guy yeah we huh?
0: well i think i think to be fair like the rest of the crew is like that they're freaking out they're like they're like holy shit like what the okay. hell and captain seaton you know she's in charge she has to be the one to be like uh like
1: uh, no <laughs> like well, you know i mean like and i had sorry. to i kind of thought about it too when they find it's oven sir right that they find in i mean we don't really know do we i don't like <laughs> i don't recall them ever naming him they don't their reaction when they they uh, wander in there and see him. Is not that of someone who's seeing an alien for the first time, which me to me almost implies that at whatever point we are in Earth's future, we've either had contact or we're at least aware that there are in fact you know there's there's extraterrestrial life or solar. if I, you're out
0: there. Yeah, I, I kind of took it more. I mean, like yeah, since they have that term and whatnot, maybe. Like, it means that they've, they know there's other things out there. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I kind of thought they were just assuming, like, oh, that's just a fucked up body. We ha- we don't know, like, how long it's been there. Maybe it's it just, good point. T- maybe it just yeah. turned purple, <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, cause, cause it really does just look like decayed. Like, I mean, it has that sure. hue of purple on it, but I mean, they don't know how long it's been there, you know? I mean, like, I guess it's that's, like, that's on and me. And it's pretty humanoid, a... too, you know? Sure. I mean, like, yeah, it is, it is never explicitly said that it's Avon Sewer, the, uh, the one who, in, in normal canon, uh, bequeaths his ring to Hal, you know, um, as he dies. But, uh, yeah, so like, but, (laughs) so Hal's just floating out there, you know, and they're like, sorry, I can't help you. And, uh, before they can like communicate more, the robot, uh, attacks Hal. And, uh, he, he goes straight for him and, uh, they have like this big knockdown drag out fight and Hal's like shooting energy where everywhere he doesn't know how to use it and shit. And like, um, he's getting hit like all over the place. And, uh, he does manage to get the upper hand though and when the robot like seemingly has him in like a grapple, Hal just like punches towards its center and like expels a huge like green blast effectively destroying it. And uh, this uh that's like one of the coolest images in the book by far. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I love that shot. Like that was kind of the, the page that sold me. Yeah. Or <laughs> I, like, I was like, okay, I was like, this is awesome because it's like, it's so weird because you know, you think it's going to be like, it is like a, an epic moment but the way it's drawn with like these colors and everything, it's still like kind of bleak and dark you know and like it's just like uh it's it's i hate to say because it's not at all but it's like a like a realistic maybe gritty take is the right word for it gritty
1: is a good word for it yeah gritty not in the uh humorless uh gray bland sense but more like you know it feels like a lived in world yeah yeah and they're and they're miners so yeah it's like it's like it's a little dingy and whatnot yeah. and like it's like it's just cool it's like dirty been mining yeah. all day yeah
0: exactly even your green lantern <laughs> blasts are dirty you know? yeah like, like, but, but so like unfortunately though after that happens um uh the the ring's light starts to go out like how like used all the energy or something you know and um and how blacks out still floating in space um so here we go. It's fun adventure time. He awakes, he awakens on a medical bed in like a strange lab. He gets spooked by a weird bug monster that's like in a tube and runs outside to find he is on an alien planet. Um, his savior then introduces himself, and it's Kilowog. It's Kilowog. <laughs> this is a very different version of Kilowog. Uh, at not first. your dad's Kilowog. Yeah, not your dad's Kilowog.
1: He looks like classic Kilowog yeah. for the most part. His design is pretty much the same. Um, I feel like if you stray too far from that classic design, it's he'd be unrecognizable. I think like too. I, I was thinking
0: about that with them, um, these and like obviously Hal's like, you know, the uniforms are a little different, but like most of like the aliens that appear in this that are like classic Green Lantern support characters, they they really look like themselves. Yeah, you
1: you know and, them when you see it, them.
0: Yeah, and like I like that because in a lot of these they really go for it and change the designs in these earth one books mm. and it's like I come in for trying something different but I think that Hardman and Bechko were like the green Lanterns like look cool already and like we're just gonna like put them in a different world right you know, like it's it's less about like redesigning the characters like yeah 100 well you know?
1: when you consider something like the Green Lantern core as opposed to the Batman family there are so many members of the Green Lantern core. Yeah. And what they kind of do in this is they don't necessarily introduce all of them but they don't name them necessarily, but you just kind of see a lot of familiar faces pop up and you know who it is because the design is, is faithful to how it takes. Yeah. And so distinct, so, you know
0: I mean? Like uh, there's, there's no mistaking it, you know? Yeah. Like, so
1: that, that could have been their reasoning behind that, which I think was, was good. Yeah. I think that was kind of, I was pretty smart actually for this book. Um, a first time readers are not going to have any idea who the weird spiny headed. <laughs> <answer is.
0: laughs> True. But at the same time, like, you know, you don't necessarily need to know that, you know yeah. I mean? Like it's a, uh, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, so we 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 meet Kilowog and uh, and Kilowog gives Hal uh, some exposition. Basically, <laughs> he he reveals that he also has a ring that was passed down to him by lineage. He wasn't like chosen or anything. So we're getting this hint of like the rings don't like fly off like in typical continuity and like choose you know the next worthy person. Like it's like anybody can just take one of these. Some of them are handed down yes. like through generations. It's like a family thing. So that's a little different. Um, you know he found Hal by tracking like the automatic distress signal that his ring gave off and was able to like bring him back to you know his planet and uh comedically Kilowog asked Hal to train him which is probably one of the best <laughs> jokes in the whole book because <laughs> traditionally speaking Kilowog trains right. Hal and he's like a hard hard tough as nails like experienced green lantern who's all about like you know war tactics and stuff and like You know, Kilowog's like, he's just, he's that lovable badass guy. And here he's like just a, he's a scientist guy who doesn't know what the hell's going on.
1: (laughs) Well, and I forget what the line is exactly, but he essentially says... He essentially thinks that Hal Jordan is a tenured Green Lantern. Yeah. He's like, he's like, you look the part. I want you to train me he wants him to train him because uh because that robot that he beat is something called a manhunter. That's why. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> and uh so oh, sorry, did I ruin your reveal? No, no, the ro- no. The no. robot was a manhunter. The robot was a
0: manhunter. Even
1: though it looks like a sentinel. That's true. It does look like a kind of sentinel. Do, kind they of. kind of
0: look like sentinels. It still kinda looks like a manhunter a little bit well <laughs> that's
1: just getting back to you know them copying yeah it's
0: fine it's fine but yeah so like Kilowog like you know talking about the Manhunters and stuff because Hal's like I don't know what the hell that is and like I don't know what I did you know like right. he's like yeah. I don't even know what this ring is and uh Kilowog explains that like a long time ago the Green Lanterns were peacekeepers until the Manhunters rose up and destroyed them all and now the Manhunters just kind of rule the galaxy unopposed and uh with Hal like you know kind of healed up uh Kilowog says that you know he's like he's like you got to go like and like my my, my planet <laughs> doesn't allow outsiders <laughs> for like safety reasons you know and like and he's like I took a big risk like bringing you here you know and and uh and uh we get this like funny scene where he lets Hal use his lantern to charge his ring and when Hal asks if uh there's like a specific way to do it Kilowog says what it's not magic, like just pointed at it, like you know, because and that's kind yeah. of a dig on like the oath, Alan Scott, yeah, and and the oh, oath oh, stuff right, too, right, I think. Right. yeah, 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 because traditionally they have to do the Green Lantern oath, yeah, thing, like, uh, and he's <laughs> just like Kellogg's, like, no, it's like not magic, it's just just fucking pointed at it or whatever, right? Like, De- you know? Definitely the
1: oath thing, but just the fact that he said magic to me made me think of Alan Scott, yeah, yeah, is, they're, they're the magical they're, Green Lantern, they're writing all that up. It's like, and and that actually leads Hal to idiots, like
0: no magic, no <laughs> oath. <laughs> You, you're stupid you okay thugs. we can all we can all admit though when 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 this is side tangent but we can all admit in retrospect when john's introduced the idea of the like green lantern like you know world spectrum with like all the, the different cores. Spectrum. the emotional spectrum yeah. so there's all these different cores you know there's red there's yellow there's blue indigo whatever it's like that's a really neat idea. And I like that idea. But the fact that they all have their own little poems <laughs> that they say is super lame. <laughs> it like,
1: is until you realize that the indigo tribe said, this, that's stupid. We're going to have one word. Knock.
0: Oh, yeah. That, that, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are
1: you all writing poems? We just say a word.
0: They all like By the time you get to like the third one, it's like, oh, my God, you're trying so hard. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like it was cool when Sinestro did it. Cause he made it up, (laughs) but as like his own inversion, you know, but like, it's like, Oh fuck. Even that's like kind of lame because like in, if, if Sinestro were a real person, he'd be like the worst type of person. But yeah,
1: you know, I, I still think the red lantern should just throw up red. Like they do. That should be their oath. (laughs) And then Dexter just goes,
0: yeah, that's the oath. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, uh, but, but the point is like with, with, um, Kilowog explaining like just by saying like it's not magic there's you know it's it's just a thing this is how it works you know and uh, that actually leads Hal to be like well teach me what you know because like I'm a fucking astronaut and like I'm all about like training for scenarios and knowing the equipment that I use and this is a piece of machinery like just let me you know just know what you know so that I can do this safely or, or know what I'm doing, you know? And, um, uh, I like this element in the story cause this comes up a few times with like his decisions. They don't always like point it out as obviously as this, but the fact that Hal is an astronaut in this story, like <laughs> right. he would have proper training and take that very seriously. You know, like, I mean, uh, that's just a, that's a nice little touch, I think. Right. You know, and differentiates him a little bit, but not too far off from like, you know, traditional Hal Jordan in the DC universe is a, is a pilot, you know? Yeah.
1: I see that. I was thinking about that and you know, how at least towards the beginning of his, his career, whenever he's introduced as a character, he's a hotshot pilot.
0: Yeah. Very top gun.
1: Yeah. Which gives you, you know, the overabundance of confidence gives you the impression that he just does everything, you know, without thinking about it. But I guess if he was a hotshot pilot, he would still have to know how to operate that equipment. Yeah, he's still he's, he's still doing. a good pilot, you know, it's right, like I mean, yeah. it's not like he just sucks
0: and he's cocky, you know. like So, so uh, this
1: is maybe just another it's maybe a more straightforward way of just communicating to the audience that like, yeah,
0: this he, is what Hal is about type yeah. of thing. Like, yeah, which which I appreciate, you know, but um, so Kilowog, like, you know, after being after Hal, like, you know, gives him that spiel, like he agrees and they fly around and kind of become pals. And like, uh, of, of course they get noticed by the planet's protection force because yeah. why wouldn't they, you know, and like, uh, you know, they immediately try to get Hal off planet. They argue for like a minute. And then of course the man hunters attack having seen or tracked two active green lantern rings on a planet, you know, yep. and, uh, it's like a total slaughter and Kilowog is about to go down when Hal in like an act of desperation just grabs him and just launches them into space. And I forget what exactly he says. I should have wrote it down, but um, uh, when they're flying away, Hal's like, Hal's like, please just go, just go, just go or whatever. Like he's just, yeah. he's just w- willing it to like, just take them yeah. far away. And, um, it's pretty intense and they land on like a wrecked planet and, uh, you know, far away and Kilowog like just freaks out, like almost immediately leaves Hal saying like, he's, he's like, you made me a coward. Like I can't I can't go, you know. Like I have to go back and fight, you know. And uh, Hal argues. He's like, he's like, you can't fight them alone. Like we're we're gonna die if we go back there. You're gonna die if you go back there. But Kilowog stubbornly says, like, he's he's like, it doesn't. I have to go back, you know. And so he kind of leaves. Hal just like saunters off on this planet and discovers like an old sort of Green Lantern monument that is broken. And it's here where we get some nice flashback panels showing Hal's early days at NASA. And like, there's not a lot of dialogue or anything like the gist of it is like he, he, you know, believed in the cause he believed in like the exploration and like the, the good naturedness of it all. And, um, like he blindly followed like the upper management he was involved with until it was obvious they were partnering for like financial gains and weapons and, you know, other governmental interests and stuff like that. And like, uh. He, he just, you know, I mean, he he ended up in NASA
1: at the exact wrong time, basically, you know? Yeah. And like. Uh, so what's kind of interesting about that to me is how Jordan, when he was introduced to me, always kind of embodied the spirit of like American pioneering s- space exploration. Yeah. He's kind of the embodiment of that spirit. So I thought it was interesting to have him in I guess this modern context being that same sort of thing, but of course how things are today but the, is but the world just doesn't allow that. No one gives, yeah, yeah no one gives a shit. Like yeah. it's, it's not about, you know, pushing ourselves and seeing what we can accomplish. It's about,
0: yeah, and it's just sad because it just shows you how far, like, you know, his, his, you know, righteous intentions were like yeah. now it's just made him that bitter jaded kind of guy, yeah. you know, I mean, underneath it all. And, uh, that's, what's, bugging at him all the time, you know? And
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, you could almost look at it as he is, he is initially the same character that he is in traditional DC. And then they've just, that's kind of the point where they've taken him and they've spun him off into this version. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like and how things could have turned out. Yeah.
0: And I have, I have a, I have a good amount to say about that at the end, at least too. Ooh. Um, just because it, you know, it's, I, uh, spoilers. I love that. <laughs> I mm. think that that's really cool. Um, but, uh, so, Kilowog, like, actually just comes back <laughs> at this point, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I would die, you know, whatever. And um, uh, him and Hal, like, come to the conclusion that they got to get a core together because they can't do it alone you know <laughs> and uh, we get like this sort of montage of scenes here which I thought were really fun um, especially if you imagine like some scooby-doo music in the background and stuff like <laughs> you know we, we get them scouring planets and like avoiding manhunters in like alleys and stuff it's like been
1: that a day's <laughs> <night>. <laughs> in,
0: in one instance uh, they go to a planet filled with like it's really cool actually they they talk about it like as they go in um, it's like these biomechanical trees. <laughs> it's like super cool and like uh they follow it down and they they come across like this commune of people led by a ring wielder uh arisia arisia yeah Let's a traditional green lantern you know uh this is also i i noted in here this is the first uh construct we see in the book she uses oh, a construct yeah. um she pins them with like these cool robot hand things
1: yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah now that you mention it
0: but like, so they're, and they're like, they're like, oh shit. Like, you know, she's good. And like, she's experienced. Yeah. They're like, they're like, they ask, um, Arisia to join them, but she's like, she's like, you're naive. Like, and, and she's like, no, <laughs> like you can't win this, you know, like it's, and, uh, they, so, you know, they, they fuck off and, uh, go search <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> and, um, on another planet, uh, they find an old alien named, uh, Vecca uh who i didn't know i didn't know if that was like a if this was the, his character made up for this or not I'm if not really he is sure.
1: if he's a legacy character he's probably pretty deep cut yeah i, I would assume i'm not saying so. that i know everything about dc but i've never heard of that guy before i so. think i think i tried to look this up
0: um for this and, and i think this might be the only credit he's in okay. like I, I, I just didn't write it down so i don't remember because i'm an idiot but um the uh he he says that like his partner like, um, was a green lantern, but sadly passed away long ago. You know, they, they just heard through the grapevine, like, oh, a green lantern lives, you know, here. And they went to this house. Yeah. And, um, Vecca actually tells them, he's like, what do you know about like the manhunters? You know? And, and, Cause they're just like, we're gonna, we're gonna fight them or whatever. <laughs> you know? And, uh, um, he tells them like what we now believe is the, the real hidden history of the manhunters, uh, revealing that the guardians of Oa, uh, who created the core created the manhunters because the core, uh, got too unruly uncontrollable. And uh, he also tells them that the central power battery was destroyed, which is why the rings are like weaker than they used to be, why they're mm. not as effective as they used to be, because it was a sta- I don't know if we mentioned it earlier, but it was established that um, the only reason that Hal was actually able to beat that Manhunter is because it was already like super messed up.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like he,
0: he kind of got lucky. Yeah. You know? I mean like, um, so, you know, Vecca, he, he sends Hal and Kilowog off and uh, it's revealed that Vecca does have the ring. Um, it's not really clear whether or not he was the one they were looking for. Like if the partner was a lie or if that's just his partner's. Sure. Ring, you well, know. I mean, per uh, the
1: rules of this universe, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, It doesn't really he, matter. He can, can use just it. Yeah. It. Yeah.
0: And like, uh, so Kilowog and Hal, they, they stop to recharge and they're kind of just like hopeless after learning this truth, you know, and, uh, uh, they're on like the space station and, uh, half drink. Yeah. They're drinking <laughs> like by a bonfire <laughs> and, uh, and like how goes off to get more booze, And he's actually like knocked out by a manhunter because there's like some like disturbance going on in like the marketplace or whatever. And, uh, when he wakes up for the second time in this book, we find him on a prison planet of sorts. Yeah. Um, his, this is a big section of the story too i
1: it, like, this was I a big surprise was so fucking random it's, until it's, i saw how it played out yeah. i was like wait 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 what what's going on
0: here i remember it specifically <laughs> like reading it like you know four years ago when this came out and being like whoa what like you know i was like we're doing prison <laughs> planet now like yeah. what the hell and like uh because because it's like you know at this point you're like a little over halfway through the book and I'm like, is this going to end on this prison planet? Like I was like, right. you know, like it's a, yeah. like it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting. But, um, so his ring is depleted. So, you know, he can't understand any of the various aliens. Cause like the ring was translated, like he couldn't understand Kilowog before he left. Like his, his voice started like fading into like some weird, you know, alien language that he speaks And uh, he ends up stuck here for like a while. Like we were just saying, uh, he's working and mining ore, you know, full circle and uh, (laughs) breaking up rocks and stuff. Yep. And he's
1: had a complete
0: arc. Yeah. It's it's, ended here. This whole thing is very Holocaust, isn't it? Like it's like it's it's they even put the weak people who like can't work in like the soup. And stuff like there's a part where like you know yeah. there's like a guy who can't pick up his pickaxe like an alien who can't pick up the pickaxe anymore. You see like how like sees his foot in the yeah. fucking like gruel that they serve and stuff. It's pretty graphic. Like it's yeah, it's gnarly. It's,
1: it's messed up too because then you we realize along with him that he's just he's been eating oh his god coworkers yeah it's like fuck <laughs> dude this gross. Let's see I just imagine it. it's uh it's
0: <laughs> Frank from Always Sunny in Philadelphia and he's talking about his <laughs> Vietnam sweatshirt. He's like he's like. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, if they keel over, we put them in the soup. <laughs> like, So one day, like when Hal is
1: walking out to work, uh, Frank, you went to Vietnam in nineteen seventy three <laughs> to open a sweatshop. <laughs> yeah. And I lost a lot of good men.
0: <laughs> yeah. So like one day when Hal is like going out to, you know, start picking at rocks, uh, he starts to understand some of the aliens in front of him. Yeah like it's translating so it's like his ring seems to have some juice. So he realizes something on this planet is charging it. Something like, you know, he doesn't know what yet. And um you know, it's a, it's a day a couple days later or something, but how gets confronted by like this big jerk alien and actually like blasts him with the ring. Like it has enough power like he like blasts big him. Jerk alien. Yeah, he's a big jerk. And um that causes the the main hunters are like, "Oh shit, there's a green lantern here," you know? <laughs> like yeah. and uh and um like they come after him and there's this female alien that like takes him and they hide out and uh she's like she's like is that what i think it is you know <laughs> and she's she yeah. immediately is like like we got we got to use this to get off planet you know and um uh, while they hide like she reveals that this planet is actually Oa the former home of the guardians and home of the central battery where the green lanterns were created or the core was created you know um and Hal realizes that there's this big walled off building that seems to be the cause of the charge. So they plan like the plan is to like go to it, charge enough to escape. Um, there's a bit of a hiccup though. Like Hal wants to save everybody. Sure. Like he's like, he's like, we got to figure out how to get everybody out of here. And he's like trying to coming up with like these half, like, you know, logical plans because really speaking, like there's no way he could do this like on his own. And, um, you know, the, the alien is like, do you know like how long I've been on here? like none of these people care about you either you know and like she's she's just very like i need to get the fuck out of here you know and it's like and you can't really blame her and like you know of course like you know hal falls asleep and she he wakes up and she's absconded with the ring yeah you know and um he finds her right outside that building attempting to charge the ring she's just like standing there pointing at she's like come on come on like you know and uh, uh she can't figure it out and like this horde of manhunters show up and they just disintegrate her yeah like immediately and hal like Grabs the ring off of her severed finger. You can,
1: you can call me kind of naive. Uh, that surprised me just a little bit because I figured she would, she would have the, uh, the little slight redemptive arc where she yeah. learns to care about people. Again. Yeah,
0: no, nope. she just like, she just dies, she you know? Done. And it's like, yeah, she's just done. And like, um, yeah. And like Hal takes the ring off of her severed hand yeah. and flies and, you know, tries to fly away, but he can't. So he like shoots a hole through the building and slips in, revealing that it does indeed house the central power battery. It was not destroyed. It is there
1: being shielded. And he goes, ah, I always thought this building was battery shaped. Yeah, (laughs) it is kind of like just dome shaped. Yeah. (laughs) uh, So he holds
0: it up to like charge. He's like, here goes nothing, you know, And, um, uh, and it puts him like in this weird, like, I forget how the guardian describes it, but like it's like this weird spectral place, like where it's like his body is still there on Oa, but like he's on this like, higher plane like speaking with this this yeah and um the guardian like gives us a a yet a third version (laughs) of the story of the history and says the manhunters were merely another tool that they that the guardians made to aid like you know their cause but they got out of hand and destroyed the core and most of his fellow guardians um
1: yeah he even he stops and gives him a look after Hal tells him what he knows and he just says where do you get your information yeah like it's he's you're getting your information from.
0: Yeah. And like, he then tells Hal, he's like, he's like, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm a guardian. You're a green lantern. I tell you what to do, you know? And, uh, yeah. and he's like, uh, you must destroy this containment dome so that like everybody else can get power. And like, you got to reach out to like all the available lanterns and overload it with the power to effectively like blow this planet up. That's the only way we're going to destroy all these man hunters. And like, Hal, of course doesn't want to do this for it would kill like all the innocents on the planet too and like he manages to escape with a fully charged ring and knows he has to like do something and his ring is actually responsive now it's like it's like navigation like online or whatever you know <laughs> like yeah. so it's like it's like it's doing things that he hasn't seen it do in anybody's ring do yet um because it got the actual charge from the central power battery and um it says that it can help him like navigate it, and he commands it to send a message to all of the ring wielders. And, uh, I just quoted this cause I thought it was cool, but his message like to everybody. So he just pops up randomly on everybody's rings and he's like, this message is meant for anyone in possession of a ring. You don't know who I am and have no reason to trust me, but believe me when I tell you the power battery on Oa is intact, the energy is just shielded by a huge containment dome. There may be no one left who can help, but this has to stop. So I'm going back to give it my best shot. And I'm like, hell yeah, Hal, good job. <laughs> Pretty inspiring. Go
1: get him, Tiger. Yeah.
0: So, so that whole speech is like paced out amazingly in the book because we keep cutting back and forth to like various lanterns, like shocked um, uh, at, at receiving a message in general. Cause I'm betting that like none of them knew that it could even do that <laughs> because yeah. it's been like, you know, what, hundreds of years or something like that. Like, we don't actually get like an exact number, but it's
1: right. It's been, it's been, and, and a then how many of them even know what this thing is they have
0: that's true yeah i mean they might not even know what the hell it is you know so um but it's cool because it's like you know we keep getting paced back and forth between like the lantern shock face we, we see arisia uh we see Vecca. we even see salic yeah <laughs> is he old, old salic old, old forearm boy um <laughs> and like
1: is this where we start to see some of the other guys too
0: that's a in just a moment yeah oh, okay. so like uh so as as we see them uh like, you know, going back and forth here, um, we see what's happening in like the slight future where Hal has gone back and he's alone and he's facing the man hunters and, um, he holds them at bay, but eventually, obviously there's like so many of them, like, you know, they get the better of him, but right before one crushes him, he's saved by Kilowog. And I love how Kilowog drops in and he's like, just needed your location, buddy you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm like fuck yeah (laughs) kill a walk and like before you know it all kinds of green lanterns start showing up here they come into the sky and like they rip open the dome and just start kicking ass all over (laughs) like it's super cool and this is where we were just saying you you start seeing all these other people
1: and tomare
0: shows up somewhere yeah we see him he i think he's uh he's he's uh in the atmosphere yeah because he like sees the uh when they all point at the battery they he sees like the light come up yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, like even with like all this help though, unfortunately it becomes clear that there are are just simply too many manhunters yeah. for them to take on with like how many people they have. Uh, they weigh their options and Hal tells them of the plan that the guardian had, <laughs> Uh, some agree and some side with Hal in favor of saving the slaves. Sinestro gets like three lines and instantly is annoying and terrible. Like all in, (laughs) like he's all in favor of destroying the planet for the greater good, the quote unquote greater good, you know? And, uh, they end up compromising though. And, um, seem to like do the guardian's plan, but not to like the full effect. They're just like, let's just Overloaded enough to create like a big but not planet ending big
1: explosion. Doesn't one of the other lanterns say, Hey, actually, we can do this instead? Yeah, yeah. One of them like knows, and it's like, Oh, why would the guardian not say that? Well, sure. It, 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 see, that's the thing is when I initially read that, I was like, That's a weird, convenient, is that like a writing hiccup? And then you think about it, you're like, No, 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 that's the obvious thing for a reason. Yeah, it's you're meant to question like. If this is so obvious, why did the why did the guardian tell him that he yeah. had to destroy the whole planet? Yeah. It's yeah. like there's no choice. He just gotta, exactly. gotta kill them all. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So if guardians, no good, you know. No good in <laughs> any no good in inner universe, apparently. Yeah. But like <laughs> so like um you know they, they they do this like they overload it just enough to for the area to like destroy like a big chunk of the manhunters that are yeah. all around them and uh, they then rush into like the mines beneath them um, while the manhunters are kind of like recouping and they gather up like all the slaves to fly away and like uh, onto like this uninhabited moon um they just like take them all in like a bunch of green energy because they're all supercharged now from the battery and um not all of them make it though uh Vecka from before uh does die trying to save some slaves and it's pretty sad uh, he gives his ring to Hal to pass on. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's sad, <laughs> but you know, people are dropping and everything. And so the lanterns have like liberated the slaves and, uh, have gathered together on this moon. They actually, um, they have like this like big conference, you know, for the first time and, um, uh, they actually elect or decide that Arisia, uh, should lead them since she has like the most experience with Hell that. Oh yeah. 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 Which is cool. And, uh, Hal and Kilowog, uh, head back to Kilowog's planet. To aid against the Manhunters, which are still, you know, scouring there. Planet Kilowog. Planet Kilowog. I'm not even going to pronounce the name. It was like var, Vartex. Do you, do you have it written down? No. Uh, see, <laughs> I, like, I, I was like, I'm not going to try to say this. Okay. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like, and then so like, you know, you know, it, they, they go to, to help like Kilowog's planet and, uh, you know, they help out and then Hal's like, I got to go back to Earth or whatever, you know, and uh, hey, la da take care of some things. And uh, we get this little post credit scene in which we see the previous guardian Hal talk to just lamenting about how if only Hal had followed his instructions, they'd be rid of both of his problems, the Green Lanterns and the Manhunters. Uh, basically, he wants the path cleared for his return. Uh, but as he walks uh, down into a hall and like this big chamber, it's revealed to house a yellow power battery and many hands hoisting up yellow rings. And uh, I just wanted to say here, we actually might have to open the page for this, but um, uh, I love the guard, the Guardian's dumb like twenty four pack cardboard cutout box suit thing he's wearing. He's like a little bratty kid you just want to beat up, even though you're like a full grown adult, you know? Right. Like, yeah, he's like it's his little his little thing. It looks like when I was a kid. Oh and it, and yeah. I, and I take a twenty four pack of Mountain Dew and I'd like cut armholes in it and be like, I'm a robot, you know, or whatever. <laughs> it looks.
1: <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> Yeah, that's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So like after this, you know, we, we see how, you know, he's headed back to Earth um, on his way. He stops and he, he does he makes a little memorial for Volkov on the asteroid, which is nice, you know, um, and he retrieves his his lantern, you know, so he doesn't have to rely on being charged by kilowatts anymore. I do.
1: I do quite like the composition of that page because they don't. I mean, minimalist isn't probably the appropriate word, but like they don't show you. They don't show how grabbing the body and recognizing that it's him and putting him in there. Yeah, he's just he's just kind of there sort of off to the side of the page. You really have to look at it. And then you just you sort of they trust that we as the reader are able to piece together in our heads. What's what's going?
0: Yeah. On. And it's nice. I mean, like and it's one of those two where it's like there's no dialogue, you know, and just let the
1: visual storytelling. Tell right. You know, and it, it contrasts the very. uh uh horrifying way that he died earlier smashing, yeah it's the side of his ship seriously it's a yeah. next little peaceful burial yeah
0: it's <laughs> like oh that's nice you know and he he was his buddy so uh so when hal like you know actually he goes down to earth um he finds captain seaton who seems to be in trouble for their mission basically and she tells him the whole team is grounded you know like shit's shit's bad here you know the the higher yeah. ups are coming down and hal tells her He's like, there's more out there than we ever imagined, and they have work to do here. And he exposes his glowing ring, you know, claiming that they have the tools to help now. And uh, I just gotta say, like, I kind of, I love this. I think this is a great cliffhanger ending because, like, what is he gonna do? Like, force the world to obey yeah. them? You know, it's like it's sort of ominous and fascinating because we really don't know. He says know? we
1: have the tools to help now, but those tools really only seem to apply to what's going on in the universe at large and destroying robots. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. Rampaging, murderous man hunting robots. Yeah. Built hey. by terrible blue aliens <laughs> who want to destroy a prison planet of his slaves. I don't hey. see how his, his tools, his power ring will help with, yeah uh privatized space exploration exactly and unless it,
0: unless if he's just straight up like like uh i'm in charge now yeah like he's like it's like but yeah like uh and that's not really what i mean spoilers that's not really what happens but sure uh, in volume two which is the only current volume out at the time of this recording but um uh yeah that is the uh that's the end of green lantern earth one volume one uh so yeah we can we can go into some overall thoughts and just talk about this one a bit i'm um, uh I, I do have some prompt questions unless you have stuff you just wanna right off the bat say, you know? Question away. Okay. Um uh yeah, I guess first, um, I did want to say like we talked about it a little bit, but like what do you think of the art
1: in this? Art's quite good. Yeah. Um if you want to contrast this with something like Ethan Van Skyver, I think did a lot of the Jeff Johns Green Lantern stuff. He did, yeah. It just has this uh epic modern comic book kind of feel to it oh it's so good but it's i mean it's very bright and boisterous and you know s- superhero-esque yeah it evokes that doug, feeling doug like, mankey did a lot of it
0: too and his okay. is like a lot like his tends to be like maybe shaded a little bit darker but it's also that like big epic like it, you know yeah. like type stuff it like, does
1: well to convey that feeling of like fuck yeah yeah <laughs> we're, we're the green lanterns this is awesome Whereas this, you thought we were stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy Gardner is still stupid. Yeah. We're, we're still awesome. He's stupid, but he's fun. <laughs> yeah. He's great. <laughs> guy Gardner's is great. Um, yeah, this does a, the art in this does a fantastic job of conveying the, uh, the dire situation in this world.
0: Yeah. I, I think, um, when I was really thinking about it, um, the art for me is a, is a huge selling point. Um, It's it's dark and kind of bleak, like I said before. But because it's like that, it makes these like epic moments feel weird and unnatural. Like like when he blasts that manhunter, like I said, that page, like that's the one that sold me because it's like it doesn't look how like you would think that that would look if you just described it, you know. And like uh, it's it, it and that to me makes us feel like oh, it's totally on purpose that like they want the the epic like fantasy sci fi nature of this to like contrast with like this corporate mundane future (laughs) um
1: how would you i'm not sure how to describe this unless you're looking at it there's sort of a scratchy or sketchbook quality to a lot of the penciling yeah um and i feel like too
0: like the the colors like help aid that because they're they're just so it's like Blocking heavy on top of, like, these, like, scratchy pencils and whatnot. That gives it, like, that kind of weird, what we were talking about earlier, like, the gritty kind of feel, the dinginess to it.
1: Um, Yeah, but, I mean, just looking at, like, like, Hal Jordan's face. Yeah. Sorry, Harold Jordan's face. (laughs) They still call him Hal. The way they've sort of penciled in just, like, marks on his face Mm -hmm. that kind of give you the impression that he's, you know, he's dirty and he's just kind of rough in it. Yeah, yeah but they apply that to like literally anything. Yeah. And it just, it gives it, that's, that's maybe what we mean by, by gritty. And yeah, like I think you
0: said it best earlier too, when you said lived in, Yeah, Uh, that feels like, you know, it's, it's nobody showered in this universe for like like a month, you know? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like, I, I don't know. And like, and, and I think the combination of that and like the colors, especially when it comes to like the powers of the green lanterns in this, it makes it feel, you know, this is saying this word, but like uh, it's appropriate, but it's also kind of a pun, but it makes it feel very alien, you know, sure. like, uh, and, and I, I dig that quite a bit. Um, speaking of which too, this kind of relates, I guess, to the art and what we were talking about with the, uh, um, you know, the look of everything, but like, uh, what about the, d- the designs, you know, I mean, we talked about how the aliens kind of look um. like how they would. But, you know, they're just right. kind of transported more to this different type of world in this. But, I mean, Hal's, like, you know, outfit is obviously more like his
1: space suit with just, like, the Green Lantern touches on it. So they've kind of gone for this. And I guess thematically it fits because they are not they're not a core at this point. Yeah. So they all just kind of have, like, ragtag. Yeah, there's like, no. Yeah, there's no uniform. Yeah. Uh, But what it does you mentioned this earlier when they put on the ring is they get, you know, their orange or not orange. Uh, this is an avarice. green. They get their green sort of hue, their force field, whatever. And they get the little logo. Yeah. Yeah. It projects like the lantern logo on it. So essentially whatever they're wearing then becomes their uniform. Yeah. How Jordan, uh, is wearing his, I guess, mining. Yeah. suit thing. (laughs) Uh, which kind of just looks like, like armor or something. Yeah. Uh, it's like a more form-fitting
0: like space suit, I guess. Yeah.
1: Like, it, but then when you throw the green on there, it kind of just become it acts as his uniform essentially. And then whatever Kilowog's wearing, I mean, looks like that too. Yeah. I do whatever the hell Aresia's wearing. I like that quite a bit. It's almost like a uh, she almost has like a, a, bit ju- of a cape. Like yeah, it's like a like a
0: like a jungle sorceress type look yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. it's like it's it's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean like I, I yeah. It conveys that she's in charge. She knows what she's about. Yeah, like, she's, hey, the, she's she's the protector of yeah, like she these looks people. cool. Yeah, I think it's a, a great like mishmash of things. Like I said, nobody looks like too far off from their main universe yeah. counterpart, but looks just different enough to give it like a new feel and to work in this world. You know, um, so here's the the question that will pretty much be like our our main discussion point in this um, in this section of the of the show. But uh, being a fan of Hal, how did you feel? like, about this as a reinvention of the Green Lantern story. Okay. (laughs) There's a lot of facets to this, obviously. Yes. But, like, uh, you know, I I could say, for example, like, just get things going here, but, like, uh, if I had to boil it down, I think that this succeeds as a reinvention on pretty much every level i'm not saying that i like it more but just as a reinvention i think it succeeds it's it's not so beholden to classic hal stories that it comes off as like a weak tribute but it's also not so beholden to like even the john's era stuff that it just feels like it rides the modern coattails you know um i think it's a distillation and reorganization of the character as we know it and to me that's like that's super interesting you know um agree yeah i mean like uh you know i, I don't if know. i
1: th- i mean the whole pitch of these earth one books are an alternate take a new take a different take a modern take however you want to spin it if i'm going into this looking for an alternate take on green lantern and i get what i've already gotten i'm not gonna that's be, a fail yeah yeah <laughs> So, I mean, I agree with you completely. As a reinvention or an alternate take, yes, this 100% ex- exceeds in that that regard.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I would even go as far as to say, like, um, I think that, like, you know, to, to like this, you have to be invested, obviously, in this very specific take on Green Lantern. Mm. But I feel that, like, you know, I don't, I wouldn't recommend any earth one book necessarily as the first like comic to read if I'm recommending someone like a, a, one of these characters stories. Although I do think, you know, like I was saying before, if someone picked this up, like it's, it's a good starting point, I think, you know, just for, but you know, just going into like main universe stuff, you might be a little confused with some of them, you know, (laughs) like I would pick up Grant
1: Morrison's (sighs) Wonder Woman first, you know, like if you want to read Wonder Woman. I would, I would not recommend this as a as first, a first story
0: but I feel I, I feel like if if just theoretically if someone picked this up and they had never read a green lantern story um but if they were like a mild to severe sci-fi or sci-fi fantasy fan they probably enjoy this sure like yeah. um you know it, it it pits the bleak stuff against the fantasy stuff in like a very convincing way as we've talked about um but yeah so i, I don't know overall I would say that it it succeeds as that. And I, and I, I dig it quite a bit. Mm. Um, just, just as a general sentiment of, of that question, at least. Yeah. But yeah, you know, how's it, how's it stack up, uh, to the other earth one stuff you've read. You've only read the Batman stuff.
1: Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I gotta be honest. I don't remember Batman earth one. that Don't much. remember that much. <laughs> I think probably because it doesn't stray too far from, you know, everything we kind of know about Batman already. I, 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 I know that it does some things different, but it didn't do enough to stand out. And maybe that changes in volumes two and three. Cause yeah. I only read that first volume, but this was, was so different that I would probably take this over. Yeah. I mean, I'll be, I'll be candid
0: here. This is my favorite earth one book. Uh, um, now I, I do enjoy green lantern, but I'm not like a mega fan, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not a stickler for changes just like you were saying, um, but I honestly think that the reason I dig this so much is because it takes an approach that like none of the other earth one books really have. And I swear I thought of this phrase because me and Max have this joke about, uh, about the, uh, underworld films, oh. um, but, uh, but this came to thought when I, when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, so I was so like, I could distill like why I like this so much. And it sounds so, I don't know if I'll be able to get through this without laughing, but I put keep the core. Change the lore. (laughs) 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 It's like we always said about Underworld. Me and Max would be like, be like, Underworld Two. It's like up the gore, expand the lore. I don't know why it's That's so fucking true. funny. But yeah, it's a good summation of that <laughs> yeah. movie. Well, I think it's a good summation keep the keep the core, change the lore is a good yeah. summation of this as well too. Because, Absolutely. because this Hal feels like Hal. Like yes, his life is different. Yeah, the series of events play out a little different, and yes, the rules and the setting are different, but Hal is still that guy we can root for
1: you know <laughs> like yes we can root for I have to disagree I don't think he feels like Hal I think he feels like Hal I, like I don't. he's he's not as cocky
0: but he I don't know he's like a depressed Hal <laughs> a little bit <laughs> A depressed Hal coming out of his fucking depression
1: the He's host. he's just too stoic or like I get that he's he's having a bad time but he just doesn't have that that optimism, that
0: exuberance, yet
1: yeah, that exuberance. He gets. I will spoilers because we might
0: do this. We might do this on on another episode, but volume two. I think he, uh, I'm factoring that into my opinion a little bit here. I think because so he does. He feels a bit more like Hal.
1: Okay, so they're they're really playing the long game with this story in how they develop the characters.
0: Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Okay. I mean, like, because you know, if you think about it, here
0: too, like we had to introduce all of the concepts. Like, all these characters have to have, like, right. a little bit of, of, of you know, get to know them. And so, like, I, I think that the second one, there's still a lot of big stuff that happens, but you do get a bit more, like, just
1: legit character moments, I think. Okay. Yeah. Because, simply based off of this that I've read, I'm not a fan of this version of Hal Jordan. <laughs> yeah, like, so, I'll say, like, this isn't saying your granddad's Hal Jordan. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, and this isn't me throwing shade on like the, mm-hmm. the other creative teams for the other earth one works. I mean, like I, like I said, I, I have enjoyed pretty much every earth one series. Like I don't blame them because they're getting this opportunity to do something different and yeah. take a leap, you know? Um, but I feel like Bechko and Hartman instilled just as much change in their story while not making me question at any point, really, if I, if I like the character, like I, like, like I said to me, Like it felt like Hal just in like a different situation, and like you know, like I was saying, like Batman Earth One, or Batman in Earth One, he's kind of a dummy. (laughs) Superman, he's a bit weird and edgy. You know, Mm. Uh, Wonder Woman, very aloof, and there's just weird Grant Morrison shit there. Um, Teen Titans, like some of the characters are just out there and don't have enough time to connect like they should. Um, Even though I love Lemire, you know, Um, but you know, Green Lantern, this still feels like green lantern to me i guess um so so anybody who reads this jumps on to like main continuity stories i don't think they'd be too shell-shocked especially in comparison to the other earth one books um but at the same time you know the the lore of it all is played with like enough to make it interesting and its own thing i think Um, so
1: okay so what was your phrase keep the core change the lore yes (laughs) I don't know that I even feel like they changed the lore so much. It's more than... They just
0: fuck around with it a bit. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, again, it feels more like we're witnessing at some point in the history of the Green Lanterns, it's sort of uh, the timeline split, and we're seeing this one where things kind of happen similarly, but... They just went bad a lot sooner.
0: Yeah. It's almost like what if the uh it's almost like a what if all of the important Green Lantern characters you like were born a hundred years later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Like, you
1: know, like yeah, I don't know. Um on the bright side, we already know that the Guardians are bad. We didn't have to wait. <laughs> Figure they that did not out.
0: waste time with that. Yeah, they're like
1: they're like, oh, yeah, these guys suck. We didn't have to figure that out too late. We're we're just we're jumping right into there's a, it. There's only one of them, and he sucks. Yeah, like
0: he's he's the worst. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I think we should we should do volume two at some point. We do it, just because I think it'd be fun. Even though it's it feels like a middle piece. That's the only thing. Like it feels like they're at least going to do a trilogy. You know. Okay. So, that, so that's kind of the thing of where I was like, oh well, we'll do volume one. And, See Have they
1: announced goes. a release date for volume three yet?
0: Not that I know of, no, <laughs> but the, but the last one just came out in 2020. So like, uh, I mean, uh, maybe sometime soon. Right. If there are two years between this one and that one, I mean, right. you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I would, I would definitely want to see more, but yeah. Was there a, was there anything else off the top of your head you wanted to add or comment on?
1: Hmm. You know, I don't think so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm well, really,
1: I'm really honestly just in kind of two minds about this whole thing. Yeah. And see, well, and I'm going to hit you with the the
0: last question then. <laughs>
1: see, the Green Lantern Earth One, Volume One. Is that a pull or a drop, Chris? Okay. So I came into this fully determined to drop it. <laughs> yeah. I Anybody looking for an alternate take on classic Green Lantern Silver Age and up Green Lantern lore definitely should check this out. I think it's a well-made comic. It's not for me. Yeah, it just doesn't. And again, that's my fault. I'm just a little too enamored with our classic Green Lantern core. I love those characters. I love as goofy as it is. I love the emotional spectrum that Jeff John set up. I love those this is where you tell me you have all of the uh, poems tattooed on you. Uh, yeah. in a place I can't show you <laughs> um, those interpretations of those characters. I just I really dig. So it was it nothing was, wrong with that. Yeah. It was hard for me reading this and really trying to separate that from, you know, it's it's just not fair to look at everything and go. This is not like this. That's okay. Because Therefore, I don't like this.
0: If they did an alternate take on Richard Rider Nova, I'd be just as critical. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be a lot more critical. But luckily, with Green Lantern, you know, I only have like a. I'd say I have more than a passing interest. Yeah, you know, but like at the same time, I'm like DC is one of those things where I'm just like I'm awful. I love alternate interpretations. I think actually, you know, now I, have them I think about spades. it. Yeah, and 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 I mean, shit the first DC book we talked about on this podcast was Batman white Knight, Yeah. Like a total opposite universe sure. and whatnot, which is, you know, I, I don't know. I just like it when they can take it into a different thing and instill it in its own, like yeah. weird take. Um, so I'm prone to liking shit like this.
1: Yeah. You know, regardless. Um, especially just, when it comes to DC characters. Right. I just felt like it's, I question if I was fair enough going through it and judging it based on its own merits and not, just comparing everything all the way through.
0: We don't but, play in fairness on this show. Yeah, we fuck just, that. We just we just yell.
1: We just yell our opinions <laughs> until, uh, until they're right. Um so I was determined to drop it, but I think based off what you've told me in your recommendation, I'm gonna pull it. Huh. Just because I wanna see where this goes and I yeah. wanna see I wanna see how how Harold how Jordan <laughs> develops. All right. Well, th- and maybe, maybe we'll get to a point where he's, he's recognizable enough. as that, that familiar how Jordan, but he's still got, you know, this other upbringing. Yeah. Maybe I'll change my mind on him like that.
0: That's a pull then. All right. Well, uh, fuck it. Pull it. Corinna, Corinna Bechko and Gabriel Hardman, um, don't make me look like an idiot. Like, please end this well if you're going to end it soon. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like a huge flop
1: when it comes out. It's just like, yeah. why would you
0: ever like that? Now? And again,
1: that's not that's not saying that I think this is of low quality or anything. It's it was, There was definitely a lot of love put into this. I respect that. Yeah. It just wasn't for me. I understand. But I understand. I hope I hope with volume two, it changed my mind. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe we'll even do something
0: else. Maybe I'll get you to do a Marvel book
1: yeah it'd be fun we'll do something I mean you know do fuck Marvel else. because they're not DC fuck them and that's how it's how things are you can't have it all the Marvel DC
0: <laughs> you can't have,
1: you can't like two things <laughs> <It's>
0: nope a- <laughs> sports <laughs> uh <laughs> Well, all right. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. If you want to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com/slash none of my friends like comics. That way, we can continue to provide you with even more great content. It's never expected, but always appreciated. You can follow the show on Twitter at no comic friends for updates and some fun posts, uh, or you can email the show with your comments, opinions, thoughts at none of my friends like comics at gmail.com. And if you mark it okay to air, we will read it on the air and respond and talk about it as long as you're not mean. <laughs> We are entirely self-funded and just want to get the word out. So uh, tell your friends and family who might be interested in this to give us a listen. Uh, We're on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Uh, Thanks again for listening, and we will see you on the next page.